0: Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents, you're in the
1: right place, unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by R.J. Bates III. Here's R.J. Hello, and welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, R.J. Bates. Today, I'm sitting down with Kevin Lee. Kevin, how are you doing today?
0: Hey, I'm doing well, RJ
1: Bates. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing fantastic, man. Thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, Why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do in real estate investing?
0: Okay. Um, uh, Well, before I introduce myself, I just want to thank you, RJ, for uh, uh, giving me the opportunity to be on your show. Uh, It's an honor to be here. Um, I hope that uh, whatever that I'm going to say is going to be valuable to your listeners. So I'm Kevin Lee. I am in Sacramento. I am a real estate full-time investor. I uh, do real estate full-time. I do wholesale, I do fix and flip, and um, I have um, uh, six uh, people that's working for me. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the the main marketing uh, strategy that we do is call calling. Yeah. Awesome. So, mm-hmm.
1: awesome, man. So I know, you know, we're both in investor fuel together. That's how we met. And um, I know you have an incredible story. So let's, uh, let's go back because I know you've done a lot outside of real estate investing. That's kind of been your journey to get to where you are today. So let's go back to the beginning and kind of share your story like you did at the first investor fuel when we first met.
0: Yeah, sounds good. So um, I started out as a, um, a computer science engineer. Well, be- before that, you know, I-, I grew up in an Asian family where uh, the culture is always like um, you—you got to get the highest degree you can possibly can. Uh, so my-, my parents always pushed me to, uh, uh, um, you know, just attend the highest degree. So um, I. Basically, just listen to them because I didn't know uh, anything else uh, that, uh, you know, I could be doing uh, when I was young. So um, they told me to go to an Ivy League school. So I did. I applied and I go to an Ivy League school. They told me to do computer science. So I, 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 I just did that. Um, uh, but, but, but along the way, I, I, I think I, I've also had passion um, um, with computer Uh, science and uh, math, so um, I um, um, had uh, uh, two degrees in mathematics and computer science, Um, and then um, I went on to do my master's in computer science at Carnegie Mellon, and after that, uh, I served um, in my church for a good two years, and uh, after that, uh, I went on to uh, attend my um, uh, degree in computer science, a PhD. So I spent um, actually a very uh, long period of time um, in academia, if you will, uh, over ten plus years, Um, and then you know. um, So I got hired, you know, and I went to work for uh, you know a few companies in the Silicon Valley in the last in the last five to six years before I switched over to do real estate full time. Uh, So that's kind of like my journey.
1: So let's, um let's talk I felt, about that decision real quick. So you, you sure. go to school for 10 years, you get your PhD. What made you make the decision that, okay, I'm going to go into real estate investing compared to utilizing that PhD that you had in computer science engineering?
0: Well, so um, there is a point in my co- career where I felt that I wasn't growing as much. Uh, I was sitting on my cubit- cubicle. Uh, it's, it's not like I, I wasn't passionate about the, the the things that I did, uh, it's just that I feel like uh, there is a lot that I could give, um, and the, the, the job that I was given to do uh, didn't meet that. Uh, um, if you will, um, just didn't give me that satisfaction or fulfillment. Uh, um, I feel like I could do more. Um, I could I could uh, you know quit my job and join a startup maybe. Uh, I could be given uh, more to do. But all, all along the way, um, I was thinking, you know, I was building someone else's empire, right? Um, you know, all these four or five years, I was, I was publishing patents. I was, you know, fixing uh, bugs. Um, and, you know, um, it's, it's, if, if the company goes south, I may be losing a job. Uh, if the company decides to reorg, uh, I may be losing my job. Um, so there's always that sense of insecurity and there's also that, uh, intellectual pattern that doesn't go with me. So I want to flip the table around. I say to myself, why not just, you know, go out. I have some saving in a bank. I say to myself, why don't I just pursue this? Because I've always had passion in real estate. Uh, when I grew up, uh, you know, uh, my mom was a landlord, so I would go and, um, just, uh, uh, you know, help her, you know, get, get the houses that uh, she owns, uh, ready. Um, and then she will go and then, uh, you know, post flyers over the place to get these, uh, uh rental properties rented. Um, she does, she did it all by herself. So I, 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 I just, you know, that, that kind of grew on me. And, uh, so I just say why, why, well, there's actually a few things that, uh, you know, work for me, uh, work, work to push me to, to uh, you know, doing real estate full time. But one of the reasons is, you know, I, I've also had passion in real estate. Uh, I'm hitting a, I feel like a, a ceiling in my career path. Um, you know, I'm, I wasn't growing. I wasn't learning. I wasn't satisfied with my job. I got bored. You know, so I just decided to make a change. Uh, then, of course, uh, you know um, um, my my wife's job. Uh, you know, also forces her uh, forces me to move because back then I was working in the Bay Area and she was in Sacramento. So it's either I had to quit my job to join her, or she had to quit her job to join me. Uh, her job is more secure than mine, um, so I decided to just quit and um, and then join her in Sacramento. But then I couldn't find a job. And uh, in tech um, so it's either do you work for the state or you know you work for a startup I say this is actually a good time for me to just switch gear so I just changed completely 180 degrees um, going from a software engineer to a real estate investor gotcha. um,
1: yeah <clears throat> so one of the things that stands out about me or about you to me because I've gotten to spend I don't know four or five days together at these investor fuel masterminds and you are so attentive when other people are up in front of you and they're teaching and they're kind of sharing their strategies and you always have great questions to ask. Do you give credit to that, to like your, your background going all the way through getting your PhD? And is that truly a passion for real estate investing and learning all the different strategies? Is that kind of what you accredit that to?
0: Well, I think I think that experience in computer science definitely helps, and also the path or the discipline that uh, the uh, this 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 whole uh, journey instills to me uh, is is of tremendous value. Uh, I, I I've seen people who have who has you know um, who are in a PhD for more than five plus years. Um, and th- that that definitely requires a certain kind of grit um, and then you, you understand you know this is not a get rich overnight quick scheme right so right. we had to work it we had to work hard um, so there's definitely that transfer of discipline over from getting that degree uh, to to being an entrepreneur um, whether you're doing um, a real estate startup or something else i think uh, there's that degree of perseverance or grit uh, that's required to start a business. Uh, I, I'm sure you can attest to that. Uh, it's not easy, right? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we got to take that leap of faith. We got to we gotta make that jump. And uh, we we just need to trust that, uh, you know, our work, right, just keep on doing it. Eventually, we'll turn the tide around. And eventually, uh, we will, you know, there's enough momentum for the plane to take off. Right.
1: I mean, that's one of the things like you you talk about there was no security in your job, which I find that interesting because there's no security in being an entrepreneur either, except for what, what you kind of guarantee yourself that you're going to be able to perform. Outside of that, there is no guarantee. So it's very interesting exactly. that you made that decision. Let's talk about so you make that decision. You decide you're going to be a real estate investor. What were some of the first things or the first steps that you took? I'm assuming it was some form of wholesaling, but how did you start your real estate investing career in your business?
0: Well, so I started real estate investing passively 10 years ago, like okay. uh, you know, back in 2009, 2010, that, that period of time. Um, I, I, I kind of just dabbled uh, around with real estate investing. Uh, back then, uh, there was a friend in the church, uh, well, well, I have some money sa- saved aside. So I, I, I approached to a brother in the church. I asked him, you know, if, if what, what, it, what is it that I can do with the money that I set aside? And he basically just said, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I have some rental properties in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, am uh, you know, am I, I'm a hard mining lender. Um, and uh, I, I I loan to these investors that are flipping properties over there, um, and um, I you know I can connect with I can connect you with you know some of these people. Um, so I I got connected to um, a good friend of uh, ours. Um, um, so I, I actually bought a, a few properties, and from, from this person that eventually become my rental properties. Okay, uh, and then um, we we also uh, started uh, you know some partnership together where we would buy these properties at sixty five percent LTV, and then I would fund the uh, the rehab about fifteen percent of the LTV, and we would refi at eighty percent. So essentially, in, in a period of three months, so essentially I could buy these houses for five thousand uh, dollars, uh, a five percent uh leverage, which yeah. is which is really good. So I, I got a, a few of these properties in Memphis. That was that was why I was still working. Um, so uh, I thought that that was possible. So um, um, fast forward to 2017. Uh, I, 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 you know, just listen to podcasts. You know, I, you know, caught some people who were talking about wholesaling. You know, this is like the easiest way to get into real estate without spending so much money. Right. So. I uh, just uh, you, know, start, you know back th- back then I already owned some properties uh, in Memphis, so I know that market really well. Uh, so I said, why not just uh, you know start wholesaling there? Uh, I, I I had a job, so I can use the money that I got from my job uh, to fund the uh, this uh, this this venture. So um, it went well actually. So and you know I'm getting that extra paycheck uh, in addition to what I got from my job. So I, I thought, I thought this could work. Um, so I just decided to make that make that move and, you know, just turn, turn my pink slip and tell my boss, Hey, it's time for me to go. I want to focus <laughs> on this full time. And he actually told me, Hey, the door is open. If you ever want to come back, uh, the job is, 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 is there. That's uh, awesome. So hold
1: on real quick before we continue too far down your story because I want to ask a question about this you're living in California and when you start your real estate investing career you're investing in Memphis Tennessee sometimes you know because I I invest all across the country and I get asked how do you do that how do you wrap your head around it because so often people are are kind of control freaks they want to be able to feel the property, smell it, go see it with their own eyes. How are you overcoming that fear of investing all the way across the country?
0: Oh, the fear was definitely there uh, initially because uh, yeah, I've, I've never done this, right? And I've mm-hmm. never done this remotely. Uh, I, I, I'm i sure, you know, I, I like to see what I buy. Uh, so it's, it's almost like a leap of faith. Uh, and then I, I guess there's there was I, I was lucky uh but then i i, I was doing some due diligence of uh, on the person on the properties we are buying and also he sent me some referrals of uh, the clients that uh were uh, that that used to that that bought houses from him so there's certain level of confidence uh that's built there and um i think i think a person's track record is so important in this business uh, if you get burned once, right, um, then uh, it's it's so difficult for 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 me or for any person to come back again. So I think that that person um, he's he's a believer in God. Um, he is um, very um, uh, just uh, uh, trustworthy, and um, people just kept coming back to him. But I also had a bad experience where I. I went into a joint venture with someone um, and to, to, to buy a property to flip in Texas and I got burned because uh, uh, the contractors uh, t- took our money and then went away. I, I didn't do enough due diligence. I guess, I guess uh, you really need to have you know, trustworthy, reliable boots on the ground and um, once you have uh, the boots on the ground set up right, um, and then you, you, you trust that person. Um, um, you you don't have to go there anymore. I don't I don't go to see my properties, you know, in Memphis because I have reliable property managers. I actually use three, four uh, of these management companies just so that they can do check and balance. Um, and then I have multiple eyes uh, uh, on the ground. Um, so RJ, I know that you're you're in multiple markets, and these are partners that you have, you know, you right. know, grown up with, right? So. Uh, that's that's so crucial in this business. Um, Absolutely, I want to scale.
1: Yeah, I always talk about the biggest loss that I ever had was our first property that we ever did remotely, and we were trying to flip a property in San Antonio, Texas, and we lost our rear on it. And I look back at it with not resentment, but almost a level of gratitude because it essentially taught us how we were going to be able to do this in other markets remotely. Yeah. and we learned what systems and and processes we didn't have in place and so now that enables us to do properties across the country. Let's talk about that property that you lost money on here in Texas because so often I see people try to get into real estate investing and one of their early on, you know, first couple of deals, they lose money on it and then they they completely quit investing in real estate. How did that loss not kill you or in your in your investing career how did you overcome that setback
0: well so I, i've listened to a lot of real estate investors who have actually lost money uh, in the process and I, I i just treat it as a thirty thousand dollar uh a seminar um, right it's just uh you know intuition that you pay whether you go go to school to get a degree you pay that money or you learn the hard way um, it's, it's experience and knowledge. Actually, that deal, has, uh, turned out to, uh, to, to be, to, to turn out well at the end. We, we actually hold on to it, um, as a rental and then we sold it last year. And so not only do we not, not, not only did we break even, we also have some, uh, equity that's built up over time because the market has gone up. Um, so we, we didn't lose money, but when we were in it. Oh, it was so stressful. I couldn't sleep. You know, I was talking to uh, the new contractors over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost had to just cut my loss by selling the property. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we stuck to it. And uh, e- eventually, it turned well. So I, I, I don't think that actually deterred me from going forward. It just makes me uh, know what is it that uh, um, I need to... Um, I need to note down what, what, what kind of questions I need to interview these people, uh, questions to ask them so that, uh, 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 just, just more, more, um, um, prepared. Well, yeah, more prepared.
1: Uh, right. so what, it's what, funny I, that you say that though, because you know, you're sitting there talking about how you could barely sleep at night. And, and I've had those exact same moments and now I look back at it when it's, two three four years later or even a couple months later and it's like the stress and the fear that i had was all just in my head it was all unnecessary me worrying about it and staying up all night wasn't going to fix the problem that the the house wasn't being fixed appropriately by the contractors like that's just an unnecessary worry that we put on ourselves in our lives and so What I've learned with adding volume to our business and adding markets is that that fear, that stress that I put on myself is unnecessary. That's not going to fix it. Just look at everything from a solutions-based position. What what solution can I put in place that's going to fix the problem and don't let this one property dictate what's going to happen throughout the rest of my business?
0: Totally. Yeah. One hundred percent. And also, the thing is, we, we we have to, you know, we have to make some progress too. Um, right. Instead of just, uh, you know, putting your head into the sand, right, and just think that you know nothing happens and just let this one go. Uh, let's come up with a solution. You know, if point uh, Plan A doesn't work, how about we try Plan B? Um, right. So at least at least we're moving to uh, somewhere that may be better. If not, then we try, we try something else. Uh, eventually we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, uh, but, but that process is not, is, is not, uh, is not pleasant.
1: No, it, it's not never, it's, it's never pleasant when your first plan, your first exit strategy doesn't work out the way it's supposed to, but it's definitely not something that should stop you from chasing, you know, the career path or the dreams that you have for your business. And that's how we overcame that loss on that San Antonio property. Mm-hmm. Had we just stopped and said, okay, it's not working out in San Antonio. We have to stop everything else that we're doing to fix this problem. We would have drowned. We wouldn't be in business anymore because there was nothing that we could have done to salvage that property looking back at it, except for what we did. But it took us a couple of years to get out of that, that property. Yeah, we had to shift it from a fix and flip. We used it as a, a short term vacation rental on Airbnb. Yeah. And eventually we sold it. And And that's what we had to do to move that property. But in the meantime, we kept wholesaling, we kept buying rentals, and we kept doing other fix and flips in other markets. And that's how we overcame that. So... That's just kind of my little rant on, on losses there early on in your investing career. And, and it's impressive to me that you had a situation like that and you were able to overcome it. So getting and, back to your story, and, so and you had that. To and, and, that and,
0: just to add that, I have investors ask me, uh, you know, obviously they want to hear your success stories, your, your, your good track record. But I, also, I, I always add this as part of my track record. Just to let right. the, the investors know, hey, uh, it's it's not it's not a hunky dory. Uh, you know, there is bumps along the way, and I learned my lessons. And because of these lessons, it made me stronger. Uh, it made me more cautious. So, uh, and I have investors telling me because of this, I'm willing to put out my money with you. Uh, I feel confident. That uh, you're going to be a good steward of uh, the, the money, I'm, I'm very uh, you know confident about this uh, investment opportunity, because I think you're you're you a guardian and you're cautious. Uh, so I, I think I think the good and the bad uh, eventually they just add up to your arsenal, right, of experiences, um, and and then that that can be helpful.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, whether you to to
1: that point, not, one of the Probably the number one feedback that I get about this podcast and also from private money lenders and people that I reach out about doing business with titanium investments is RG. You're so transparent and <laughs> I love it. Transparency is such a powerful technique because you're, you don't have to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah, You're literally just telling everybody exactly who you are, what your business does. And people will trust and respect that and want to do business with you. So yes, that is vital for growth in this industry, especially nowadays with social media. I mean, I'm sure if y'all have listened to this podcast before, you know, I talk about social media and how important it is to your business, but it's also very important to not always just talk about the shiny objects, the the great wins, just tell your story, whatever it is that's happening. And, and. In the end it's almost like you're holding yourself accountable to making sure that you have more wins than losses because you don't want to report to everybody oh today was a terrible day because my contractor didn't show up or or whatever it is just set up your business to where you're proud to tell your story but tell your story the way it actually is and be transparent totally yeah so let's talk about now you know you're investing in both sacramento and you're still in memphis correct
0: well, I'm phasing out in that market. Uh, I feel like the same amount of time that I spent in Memphis and um, in Sacramento uh, doesn't doesn't generate the same amount of uh, return on investment. So I, I feel like I need to focus more on my backyard, um, just uh, really get uh, a stronger presence in this market uh, before I, I go out. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, grow a little bit, right? And then you cut the fat. And then you, yep. you, you you there there's that expansion and there's that shrinking, so I'm actually in a phase where I just want to focus on one thing, and this one thing is just my my backyard. I want to do this I wanna uh, you know just dominate in this in this market really well before I just expand to you know the surrounding markets and you know possibly out of state yeah
1: and what what techniques are you focusing on? in sacramento is that mainly wholesaling is that being a landlord what what are your main strategies there
0: uh so uh, in, in, it's it's very competitive in california so i, I try to whenever there, uh, a deal comes through my door i i try to uh think of any possible way that i can monetize this deal obviously you know i try to wholesale first if if I can wholesale, I, I just take it down myself and, uh, you know, I, 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 I buy it, I remodel it and uh, I sell it. Uh, if I can sell it, I just take it down as, you know, a Airbnb rental. Uh, but uh, um, I, I don't want my money to be out, um, stuck in a deal for too long. So I, I've always wanted to, uh, I always wanted to, you know, explore wholesale first um, as, as the uh, dominant exit strategy uh, before exploring other exit strategies. But
1: and you said early on that you're mainly cold calling. What, what drew you to that marketing strategy?
0: Well, so the, 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 the expense is really low, right? So I, I have six callers, um, and, uh, um, I'm paying them $2.50 an hour. Um, so what we do is, um, uh, we, and, and then each one is hired full time. Um, and uh, um, I, I got them from Upwork.com. You know, they're, they're Filipinos. Um, so we just we, we make about twenty five thousand calls on a weekly basis, and that's what how what that's what we do. We just uh, you know just call call people, and I ask them if they want to sell their house to us. And most of the people will say no, um, but there's a, a small percentage of people who will say yes, and those are the people that uh, we go after. Um, and then, um, you, you just need a small percentage. Uh, right. And, and it, it, I, I feel like, um, you know, instead of being, uh, reactive, I, I like to be proactive. Um, I don't want people to call me, you know, through a uh, direct uh, mail. I, I want me to call people and ask them if I want this, if they want to sell their house to us. Uh, gotcha. it's, it's just uh, yeah. Different approaches. Yeah. And so
1: when those cold callers, they're, they're calling 25,000 a week. When the small percentage says, "Okay, yes, I am interested in selling my house," are they then setting an appointment for you to run that appointment, or are they trying to then finish the the sell right then at that point? Are they making offers, or are they passing that on to you?
0: Uh, so I like to see owners face to face. This is just a way for me to build rapport with the person. There's right. a lot of scammers, or they think that we're scammers. We, we don't do what we say, uh, we set out to do. So, uh, and we don't typically close uh, over the phone. Um, people here are just uh, you know less uh, credulous, if you will. Uh, they're, they're just very uh, sus- suspicious of uh, right. people who are making those claims over the, over the phone. So I, I, I like to just, you know, uh, go on appointment and, you know, talk to people, you know, the, and then tell them, uh, you know, these are the houses that we have flipped. You know, I send them like a credibility package via email um, just to prepare uh, for the appointment. And when I went on the appointment, they know that we are actually a reputable local business and uh, we, we do what we say. Uh, These are the referrals of past clients that, uh, you know, we have worked with um, and, uh, you know, we we, we go from there. Uh, But typically I like to see, I I like to, you know, have that face to face conversation with people uh, just to, you know, just to uh, build credibility, rapport and, uh, you know, you know, just, you know, just make them confident doing business with us. Yeah, so it's it's not just like, you know, uh, a number or a voice, but they attach uh, a, a voice to, to a face. Uh, they know that I'm the point of contact, but I also introduce my, my escrow officer to them. So um, they know that, uh, you know, they're, they're being taken care of um, and um, they can attach uh, a voice to this transaction. Uh, gotcha. It's not some national, uh, you know, uh, uh, buyers out there you know uh, right yeah
1: so one of the things that stood out to me you know with us being in that mastermind together which obviously we're in a mastermind to grow and to learn and to, to better our businesses but the thing that stands out to me is every time you've gotten up and you've spoken about your business you you spread your time equally between growing your business growing your, your family life and then also growing your, your physical health and well-being. Talk to me about why those three parts of your life are the three most vital and important parts of your life.
0: Uh, so I feel like uh, and I, I've always um, uh, make a point of uh, putting workout, uh, allocating uh, time to workout in my daily routine uh, because I feel like uh, if uh, I don't have a body that can move me from point A to point B, I can't really do this business well if uh, if I'm not mentally alert uh, uh, then I cannot focus on uh, talking to listening to uh, owners right and then talking to my contractors and the people that I work with uh, i so i I just want to make sure that you know um, I live long enough right so that I will be able to do this uh, when I'm 70, 70 60 70 years old obviously you know we want we we, we want to you know uh, not to work in a business on a but on a business right but you see a lot of successful entrepreneurs out there uh, multimillionaires they they they're healthy right uh, they're not couch potatoes they they keep on learning they read books they uh, they're always learning new things uh, I, I think that's so important uh, that uh, uh, you know, as as we learn, right? As, as we grow this business, uh, there is only so few transactions out there. Like right? it's very mechanical. You can buy it, right? Um, uh, with, with certain number, or you can do subject to. You can wholesale. There's just some. There, there's just a few a, a, a number of ways of doing deals, right? Um, so um, how do we actually? elevate ourselves, how, how do we actually, uh, you know, incorporate uh, uh, learning into this this business? So I, I think that uh, uh, how do we make ourselves, uh, ex- uh, make, make this exciting to us? Um, I, I, I like to find challenges, you know, through workout, you know, I like to find challenges through, through reading books, um, just learning what other people have to say. Um, And, you know, I like to talk to people, like to talk to realtors. I like to network with people in this business. There's always things that we don't know, but, uh, we don't really know what we don't know until, you know, people tell us that, you know, this is what that we don't know. And then we learn, um, and then, and then we know that this is, we, uh, this, this is something that we don't know. And eventually we know, and then we master, right? Um. Yeah, so I think so, so.
1: Let's let's talk about that mm-hmm. because I think you're getting to the point now in your investing career where you're you've surrounded yourself with a great group of people, your business is starting to to gain traction. Where do you want to take your business, you know, in the next five to ten years? What is your ultimate goal with your investing career?
0: Well, so my ultimate goal is really uh, to build up enough rental. Properties that I have passive income, so I don't have to be there. I don't need to wake up and Worry about when the next deal is going to come, right? Um, I can I can just go somewhere else and money will still uh, Be coming to the bank account Um, You know uh, Day in day out. I don't need to work for the money Um, I'm still building the business. So I need to be in the business and also on the business still, so I I, I would like to build that uh, you know massive passive income, uh, so that uh, you know I don't need to be there and the business can run it by itself. And uh, there's really just putting uh the right people uh, at the right seat, um, and then uh, have the business run run it without you. Yeah.
1: Yes, sir. Passive income. That's uh, that should be everybody's goal right there. For sure. So. Kevin thank you so much for sitting down with us man and sharing your story um, you know I, I I've just grown to admire you so much by getting to know you at investor fuel and I think you have such an incredible story and and kind of how you've made the choice to become an entrepreneur because I, I think with your with your path um, you, you could have made an easier decision but this is probably the better decision for you personally and for your family and uh, I just admire that so much so thank you for sharing your story with us today
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, RJ.
1: All right, Kevin. We'll see you soon.
0: Okay. All right. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to The Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash the titanium vault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on The Titanium Vault.